Welcome to Guarding Your Nest Egg Podcast. If you have questions about anything to do with your 401k, IRA, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, maybe you've got questions about your pension and some choices you have there, catch up with us at guardingyournestegg.com. Wall Street has been volatile, to say the least. Right before we started the show, you got a call from a client who was wondering if she could do something any safer than what's already happening with her 401k and the allocations. All of that to say, people are worried. And with all the volatility, I don't blame them. 100%, Kristen. And I I, I think I'd be worried too if I was, uh, I think where most people are, most people don't have a, a really good understanding of what all of their investment options are. There are too many people out there that are being told to just hang in there. They're, they're being told, hey, you have a diversified portfolio. Don't worry about it. Uh, hey, market will come back. I, all of these things, it's very, very stressful. And so you just mentioned a, a call from a client. Mm-hmm. and I wasn't trying to eavesdrop, by the way. I mean, we're in the studio. I can't help but <laughs> hear it. All right. So wonderful lady. And I told you, hey, hold on just a second. I'm going to take this call because, um, frankly, she doesn't call that often. She could call me as much as she wants, but when she calls, I figure, well, something's going on in her life. Uh, Sometimes she calls me about her family or what have you, but she called and said, hey, listen, I'm concerned about markets. I don't want to see a lot of volatility in my account. And what can we do to make sure that my money is safe? I had a pretty good idea what was going on, but I went ahead and got on the computer and I just looked real quick. I was pretty sure she was in a cash account with us, meaning Mm -hmm. uh, we were out of the market. And we've talked on the radio, we've been out of the market uh, now for, gosh, almost three months, I guess, and looked at it and she was. And so it turns out she is as conservative as she could get in her account. uh, And we did that intentionally because we felt that there would be a lot of volatility in markets and we were concerned But her reality, I guess, is a little bit different. She's looking at the TV. She's looking at the Mm -hmm. news. Yes, she trusts us to manage her portfolio. But at the end of the day, she's not necessarily logging into her account, checking her positions. It's not something that she necessarily understands. She doesn't understand that the positions that we have her in aren't going to be affected by all this volatility in markets. But she just needed to hear me say that, essentially. I don't blame her. And we're totally fine with that. And and I love being able to give her that reassurance. I say, no, I just checked your account. We're as conservative as we can get. This market could drop however much. And because we moved you to cash several months ago, you're not in a bad situation right now. And I know we have a lot of listeners who aren't in that situation where, they, you know, they're either their advisor didn't move them to cash or they're in a 401k or maybe somebody's telling you just to hang in there. Even if you didn't move to cash a while back, it doesn't mean you should just bury your head in the sand right now and do nothing. I think markets are likely to go down further, significantly further. But I also think that there are investments out there that are likely to do very well when markets do very poorly. So you have to understand there are investments that go up when markets go up, and then there are investments that go down when markets go up. There are investments that go down when markets go down, and there are investments that go up when markets go down. I know it's very confusing, but we believe markets are going to continue to go down. Think of it as an opportunity, not as a bury your head in the sand and not open your statements. Let's go find the investments that are likely to do well and help you, if you've lost money, get some of that money back. If you're not quite sure what to do, let's look at all the investment options that are available to you because that's what we're doing for our clients. And I realize, Kristen, 
not everyone has that type of a relationship mm -hmm. with their portfolio, but we'd love the opportunity to explain to you what's available and see if we can do anything to help. You know, with all the volatility we've seen lately, folks are a little anxious, to say the least, when it comes to their investments, especially in today's climate, soon to be in current retirees are seeking the best ways to create income when they stop working. An article in Kiplinger said to avoid these three retirement income mistakes, Mike. It, mm -hmm. Avoid investing in bonds or bond funds in a rising rate environment. Do you agree Check. with that one? Okay. And we've been agreeing with that one for a while now. I assumed you did, but you're the yep. fiduciary financial advisor. Don't want to assume too much. <laughs> okay. Purchasing an immediate annuity. Oh, check. Yes, that's a problem with inflation because that's a fixed return for life. Okay, next one. Avoid buying a variable annuity. All right, check. Interestingly enough, though, they said to consider a fixed indexed annuity as a possible solution to create income when you stop working in today's climate. Well, you just gave all the other radio people who sell fixed indexed annuities for a living and do radio shows a good tidbit. So expect to see those on this article on their radio show here soon. What a lot of people that you hear on the radio, see on television and get in the mailbox trying to get you to come to dinner events are talking about. And now Kiplinger is saying that that's the way to go. I know mm. that that's not your thoughts. No, I know our listeners hear me talking about and you talking about, let's look at all of the investment options that are available to you. So if we go down the list there, so investing in bonds or bond funds in a rising rate environment, well, yeah, because interest rates go up, bond values come down, and uh, probably not a good idea. I agree with that. Purchasing an immediate annuity. Again, you put your money in an immediate annuity, and what it does is it's, it's essentially like a pension. It guarantees you a fixed payment for the rest of your life. But the problem is with inflation going up, that's eroding those payments. So you have less and okay. less over time. Uh, buying a variable annuity. Well, variable annuities are an easy target. And uh, you'll hear lots of people target them. We don't promote variable annuities. Again, we're fee-only fiduciary advisors. So we don't sell products. And a variable annuity would be a product. But the idea there is you're, you still have market risk. But then you're paying lots of fees on top of the market risk. So if you want to be in the market, why would you pay a whole bunch of extra fees? There's riders and other things, but uh, to me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense if you're more growth-oriented in your account. Um, but then this, this idea of using a fixed indexed annuity, Christian, that's one of the things that gets me all the time because obviously we do radio and, and I listen to the radio and I hear other radio programs, not all, but many of these other programs, I can hear in their pitch. Anytime they say something like um, stock market participation, no risk of loss, or mm -hmm. our clients have never lost money in the stock market, which by the way, is impossible if you're an actual financial advisor, because if you're a financial advisor, you're going to have your clients invested in the market and the market doesn't go straight up all the time and never right. down or guaranteed income for life, right? These are all triggers for well, advisors, I don't want to call a financial advisor, or insurance people uh, selling products. And, and the product of a lot of times is what's called a fixed indexed annuity. And so the idea of a fixed indexed annuity is, well, stock market participation, no risk of loss, and then sometimes they can add guaranteed income riders to it and that sort of a thing. But again, you're going through an insurance company to get this guarantee. I'll give you one example, Kristen, and okay. then we'll just button up this fixed indexed annuity conversation. 
The number one reason I wouldn't, if somebody was coming to me with new money and we weren't working with them and they weren't currently in an annuity or anything like that, and they said, Mike, I want to do something with this money. I want zero risk, um, but I want growth. Well, I suppose I could use a fixed indexed annuity because it would give them stock market participation, no risk of loss, but I wouldn't use a fixed indexed annuity because by the time I look at all of the other investment options that are available, well, a fixed indexed annuity, a lot of times it's on a 10-year chassis. So it's a 10-year commitment. Um, they cap your participation in the index. So let's say the index is the S&P 500. They say, well, you can participate, but we're going to cap you at, I don't know, pick a number, 3%. Okay. So most you can make is 3%, but you can't lose any money. So if I look at all of that, and then I go back and I look at a structured note that I just saw the other week. Well, it was a structured note. It was a five-year structured note. So again, not 10 years. It was five years. So to participate in the guarantee, it was a five-year. So half the time of an indexed annuity. It was 100% participation in the S&P 500 with no cap, not 100% participation, 3% cap. So you can get all of the S&Ps upside and you were protected on 100% of the downside. So I would love to sit across the table from any advisor recommending an indexed annuity and then tell them about that. And I, I challenge you to tell me why somebody should be in an indexed annuity in that scenario. There, there, there is no reason. So if somebody's recommending that to you, please give us a call. There are better options. According to an article I ran across in Barron's, in a rising interest rate environment such as the one we're in, they are predicting more corporations will offer pension buyouts, seeking to reduce their pension obligations while paying out smaller lump sums. They also said that workers who are considering taking a pension buyout shouldn't wait much longer to decide because the planned series of interest rate increases will likely reduce the size of the payout. Now, pensions are not as common these days, but you do have clients who have pensions and pension options. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Mike, as a fee-only fiduciary advisor, should we be looking at pension options differently in this climate? First of all, each pension is different. A lot of the pensions, the actual payout you're going to get in the future is going to be based on market performance. And so there are some assumptions that are made on some pensions that the market will continue to increase or your maybe it's tied to your corporation's stock price, that that will continue to increase over time, thereby increasing your pension payments. Other ones have nothing to do with uh, the markets or your uh, company stock price. Overall, when it comes down to pensions, it's, it's going to be a very unique situation for each person. And when it comes to planning, we're planning around that. So let's say that and this doesn't happen all the time, Kristen, but many of the pension plans that are out there, I'm thinking about companies like uh, Lockheed Martin, PG&E, several other companies that are out there that are still offering pensions. When you get to the point of retirement, you'll typically have your retirement savings plan, your 401k, so there's a certain amount of money in there, mm -hmm. and then you'll typically have your, your pension plan. And then these pension plans are going to offer you a payout option, meaning you can take a lifetime payout, so guaranteed payments for the rest of your life, or there'll be a lifetime and spousal option. So for your life, then it's 100% of the uh, adjusted base because you have a, a beneficiary, and then when you pass away, mm -hmm. your beneficiary gets 50% of the original amount, or you could take a lower amount, so the beneficiary gets 75 or even 100% uh, versus just taking a lump sum. And so many, many people are out there taking a look at this going, well, I like the idea of a guaranteed payout on the pension. If I just sign here, 
either my individually or my spouse and I get guaranteed payments for the rest of our lives, or if I took this lump sum, what would I actually do with it? Mm -hmm. And that's where the the sort of wonder comes in. And, and what I want to encourage anybody in that situation to do is make sure, again, I go back to understanding all of your investment options. Why do we want to do that? So we can make informed decisions. Make an informed decision about your pension plan. The easiest thing to do is just check the box and take the guaranteed payout for life. What I would do is take a look at what your guaranteed payout for life is. I'll go back and look at, on a percentage basis, what is the distribution rate on the lump sum? Meaning, if you took the lump sum, how much would you have to earn on it to equal the amount they're guaranteeing you for the rest of your life or you and your spouse's life on that pension plan? If we get into a situation where the guaranteed payout from the pension versus taking the lump sum and earning money elsewhere or getting a guaranteed payout elsewhere, if it's higher elsewhere, it's probably going to make sense, Kristen, to take control of your own money because the biggest risk that somebody runs with taking the pension option is usually it's a decent payout rate. Mm -hmm. It's um, not necessarily as high as you could get somewhere else. But it's a decent payout rate. But the risk is if it's just you on your life, individual life, and something happens to you, it just goes away. So so literally, you could have a, pick a number, an $800,000 lump sum payout that you could go reinvest on your own or take a certain amount every month. You could take a payment for one month, God forbid you pass away, and they just absorb the you know almost $800,000 that you didn't pull out. They just keep it. Or if you do yourself and spouse, well, yes, the payments would continue to yourself and then also to your spouse. But once you and your spouse are gone, whether it's at different times or at the same time, they still keep the balance. So compare that to taking the money, investing it on your own, what sorts of guarantees are out there. Oftentimes, Kristen, and I don't want to say certainly not all the time, but I think the majority of the time, once somebody takes a look at all of the options and other guaranteed options as well as non-guaranteed options, what I found is most people will elect not to take the guaranteed payout pension from the company itself, but to go ahead and take the lump sum, reinvest it, because long term they have more control over their money, more liquidity on their money, and typically more money over time for themselves and their beneficiaries. But that takes analysis, and that's why we want to sit down and do the complete financial plan. This is, this is, this is, this is Guarding Your Nest Egg with Mike Lester. Catch up and interact with the show anytime at guardingyournestegg.com. Mike Lester is an investment advisor representative of Talon Private Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Talon Private Wealth and this radio station are not affiliated. Information presented on this program is believed to be factual and up-to-date, but we do not guarantee its accuracy and it should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Discussions and answers to questions do not involve the rendering of personalized advice, but are limited to the dissemination of general information.